I was just part of the crowd of taxpayers in Bethlehem. I didn't know there was a king sleeping in a pile of hay meant for donkeys and camels. I wasn't the only one that didn't receive notification of his arrival. Less than 10 miles away at the temple in Jerusalem, the religious leaders received no special announcement. The political officials certainly had no formal briefing. No, only some common lowly shepherds were on the list of people to notify of his royal birth. I've always been a shepherd. I started my work as a very young boy near Bethlehem, living out under the open sky in the fields, watching our flocks. I know the hills around Bethlehem like the back of my hand, and I've rescued sheep in every situation imaginable. I've been in the midst of storms that no normal man would brave. Well, at least situations I've been accustomed to. But that night, even after all these years, I cannot forget the impact of that night. The night the angels visited us, I was frightened like never before. If they hadn't assured us that there was no reason to be afraid, I probably would have fainted dead. But I remained wide awake and heard the incredible things the angels were there to proclaim. Like a drama unfolded, the curtain was opened while an audience of angels was holding its breath. A census, a manger, to travel-worn strangers, the stage was finally set. Angels folded their wings at the throne worshiping as God whispered, I love you, my son. Jesus took off his crown and laid it down, said, Father, thy will be Born as a light in a dark, lonely place, coming from heaven's home to Bethlehem's soul, where a star in his newborn face. Then God called to Gabriel with gladness and tears, played the trumpet, the horns, and the strings. Tell the shepherds, the wise men, and all who Let it 
Luke chapter 2 tonight, Luke chapter 2 tonight, all the children can be dismissed, Little Bear Bible Club, uh, Luke chapter 2, and thank you uh, vocalists again for singing tonight, and thank you for children's workers as well. Luke chapter 2, we're going to continue in the series of I Saw. We saw Simeon experience waiting before he saw Jesus. Anna experienced loneliness and long-suffering and limitedness before she saw Jesus. And tonight we want to see the shepherds and what the shepherds saw. Out of Luke chapter 2, and verse number 8, Many consider the Roman Empire one of the greatest civilizations in history. And Julius Caesar, of course, his domination over the entire Mediterranean world. We see his dictatorship followed, though. He had heavy control over the world. Then Octavian, which was Caesar Augustus, came on the scene. He was celebrated as a hero. And after the strife of a civil war, Augustus considered a great source of peace for Rome. He literally became their savior from this dictatorship. He was celebrated as a hero, but then he was chagrined by the people. He was catering to the affluent, those who could get him things, and he was charging to the commoner. Of course, the shepherds would have felt this uh, as well. King Herod then comes upon the scene. He's favored by Caesar Augustus. He is controlling this area through his heavily taxation. He's also controlling the temple, of which Anna and Simeon are a part of. And of course, now the shepherds uh, have to experience a fury, if you will, of the commoner. And one person said this about this time, what Augustus claimed about himself, or at least allowed others to claim for him, is turned upside down by a baby that was born into the system of oppression created by the Romans. And what was supposed to be true of Savior, of Caesar, I mean, as the Savior who promised peace, turns out as actually true of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful to say tonight that Jesus is a true Savior and The qualities that were given to the Roman emperor have turned out simply to be a cheap imitation. And Luke, having used this language, describes the birth of Jesus as in opposition of the emperor. And so we see a lot of people are torn over the celebration of this king of Jesus, but not the shepherds. The shepherds are chosen by God. They're lowly. They're unknown. They're obscure. They were cut off by society, but not from Jesus Christ. He gave them the wonderful message, the birth of the Savior. So tonight I want us to notice five different things about the story. First of all, if you're writing the shepherd's reality, the shepherd's reality. We see this in verse number eight. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch of their flock by night. I see these shepherds, as we mentioned already, were just common men. They were common men doing their job. And one month before Passover, which is probably when this time is, sheep are coming in from all over. They're one-year-old lambs. They're belonging to the high priest. And they're used for sacrifice in Jerusalem, six miles away. These flocks require a large number of shepherds. And this is probably the setting they find themselves in. They're there watching these sheep, these one-year-old lambs that are about ready to be uh, uh, sacrificed. And these men are working men, but they're also worried men. The Bible says in verse number 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, 
And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. They were very fearful. They were worried. They were wondering what was going to happen. The Bible says there, and the angel said unto them, fear not. And so we see these worried men. We see these working men. It's interesting that Jesus chose to send the angel of the Lord to the shepherds. But God often chose shepherds. Abel was the first shepherd. Abraham had flocks of sheep. Isaac and Jacob had sheep as well. And Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd and became the greatest king of Israel. And Jesus also was referenced himself as a good shepherd in John 10, verse 11. A good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And this could have been why Jesus first reveals himself to these shepherds, these common men, these working men, these worried men. But they were also seeking men. After they heard the good news from the angel of the Lord, they went to go find Jesus, and I'm thankful today that if we still will seek after Jesus, he can be found. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. I want to encourage us tonight as a church to be like the shepherds in the area of searching for Jesus Christ. Now we know if you've accepted Christ as your Savior or a child of God, but I still think we need to have a daily time of searching for God and his word and his creation and spending time with him, reminiscing and being thankful and praising him and worshiping him. We see these shepherds were seeking after Jesus. We see the, of course, the shepherds, but then second of all, I want us to see not just the shepherds' reality. They were just common men, but seeking men. May I say, you may feel common But if you'll seek after Jesus Christ, you too can find him. But we see, number two, the angels report. The angels report. And the angel responds to the shepherd's fear. There's a couple different ways. And first of all, we see the words, fear not. Nearly a hundred times in the Bible, you'll find the words, fear not, or be not afraid. To Mary, in Luke 2, verse number 30, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. To Joseph, after hearing these disturbing news that his wife-to-be is pregnant, even though he had not known her, he heard the words from the angel, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. We see several times in Scripture, Fear not or be not afraid. Now to the shepherds, the Lord certainly knows we have fears. Do we not? Maybe it's the fear of finances. Maybe we do have some real enemies. Maybe our family, our loved ones have a health issue. Maybe our walk with the Lord isn't where we'd like like it to be. And we have some fear, maybe. But in every case, our fears can be calmed if we will put our confidence in God. Psalms 118, verse 6 has encouraged me often. The Lord is on my side, the psalmist writes. I will not fear. What can man do Unto me. The other day I was going down to feed my calves and it's a, it's a sharp, steep driveway and it was dark. And Jackson said, Daddy, I want to go with you. I said, okay. He says, I don't have my flashlight. I said, it's okay, Daddy. Daddy will be okay. 
says, how, how will you know if there's anything bad out there? I said, son, I said, don't worry about it. I pulled my phone out and turned my light on. You know. We walked down there and he said, daddy, 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 can I hold your hand? I grabbed his hand and he was as happy as could be. But when he let go of my hand, it wasn't but a few minutes he would cry. Daddy, here! Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something about that hand. I'm thankful tonight for a God who promises us we have nothing to fear. And I think sometimes we feel fear when we're like my son and we get too far away from the light. We get too far from the hand. And oftentimes we feel fear. But if we'll just run to God, we don't have nothing to fear about. We can rest in his power and presence. But why did the shepherds have nothing to fear? Well, the Bible says they're good tidings. And the angel's announcement is simply good news. And we know it was the good news of the gospel found in verse number 11, chapter number 2. For unto you is born this day and the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And we see... In this very verse, that the good news is personal. The good news is personal. For unto you. We know the verse, I mentioned it this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but of everlasting life. Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you thankful this morning? And I know, Sunday night crowd, I'm sure you've heard this often. But whenever, may we never grow weary of, we're one of the whosoever. We didn't have to be a Jew. We didn't have to be perfect. We just had to be a whosoever that accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Not only is the good news personal, but the good news is present. The Bible says, it's born this day. These shepherds needed no more waiting No more need to delay. No, Christ was born that day. What are you waiting for tonight, maybe? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I'm thankful we don't have to wait for the gospel. No, no, no. The gospel is there and ready We just have to receive it. We see the good news is personal. The good news is present. But the good news is also very practical. Oh, it was very complex until the Savior came. We see a Savior. Mankind's greatest need is met through the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful tonight it was nothing we could do. No, it was everything our Savior did on the cross for you and me. I'll never forget uh, the, the person who kind of helped, pastor who kind of helped us start our church in Turlock, Pastor Dave Azzarello, who was about a half hour away in a, a city called Oakdale, and uh, helped get us uh, going as we got going there as a church. And he, he was a Catholic and he was saved. And he would often say this, he said, Justin, he says, Jesus Christ did all the work for us. And what he was saying was he had grown up in a religion that was all what you could do. And he had to come to a point to realize there was nothing he could do. It was everything Jesus Christ had done. 
I'm thankful this morning that to the too many the gospel is complex. But I'm thankful to all if they'll receive Christ. It is very practical because the Savior has done everything for us. We see the good news is also a fulfillment of prophecy. The Bible says, which is Christ the Lord. He was the Messiah, the anointed one of Israel they had been waiting for, who was prophesied in the Old Testament. And like Simeon and like Anna, they had a long awaited. And now the Savior, which was not Caesar Augustus, was not Octavius. No, no, no. The Savior was Jesus Christ, God and the flesh. We see not only did he say, uh, 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 fear not or good tidings, but the angel also said to all people, all nations, all walks of life. And can you imagine as the shepherds heard this news, they couldn't help but think this could have went to kings or nobles or someone else. No, the shepherds were no one special in fact. Because they were around manure and sheep all day, they were just above the lepers in the Jewish society. They were just common men. They didn't have much. But when the gospel came, it came to these humble shepherds. I'm thankful today that when we were lost in sin, we looked horrible, I'm sure. When Jesus looked down on our sin, God looked down. But when we accepted Christ, his blood covered our sins. And when God looked down, he no longer saw our sins. He saw the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful this this evening that the gospel is to all people. Whether sinners or whether you've lived a pretty good life. Whether you're poor or whether you're wealthy. Whether you're simple or whether you're wise. The gospel is for you And for me, we see, first of all, the shepherd's reality. They were just common men. And the angel Lord came to them. We saw the angel's uh, 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 report. Third of all, if you're writing, we see the angels rejoicing. The angels rejoicing in verse number 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill to men. My dad would often, well, every single year for the Christmas season, he'd read the Christmas story to us. And every year we knew what he was going to do. When he'd get to glory to God in the highest, he would always say, Glory to God in the highest. And we'd be sitting there in our jammies, looking at those gifts that were wrapped in newspaper. How many parents wrapped your gifts in newspaper? A few of you. You know, we were told we didn't have money for wrapping paper, and then you're just going to rip it up anyway. So we use, they use newspaper. And we'd watch those newspaper boxes, and all of a sudden, we'd start listening to the Christmas story, and then we'd start zoning out. And then we'd hear, glory to God! We'd get back in again. Why? My dad was trying to convey to us as children, I think he was enjoying himself. But second of all, this is what Christmas is all about. Jesus Christ. Glory to God in the highest. The angels are rejoicing. Hebrews 1 verse 6, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. You see, Jesus' birth brought glory to God. The angels were crying out and giving God the glory for the salvation that he was providing for men through his Son. But Jesus' birth also brought peace 
to mankind. The angels were proclaiming that the only way for men to truly have peace is for them to be reconciled to God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Paul writes this to the church of Colossae who was struggling with a an earthquake that had come through and the main road had been road had been routed from Ephesus and now it was going through Laodicea and they were dealing with several things. Uh, they were struggling with finances and, and they were struggling with business and a lot of things had changed by that earthquake and we see that, that, that Ephesus, Epaphras had made his journey to Ephesus and found Paul and says, Paul, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you but these people are, are struggling and, and they need help and Paul says, Let me write a letter. And he writes this letter to the church of Colossae. And he writes in verse number, chapter 1, verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in heaven or earth or in heaven. You know what Paul was saying? Hey, Peace is going to come through Jesus Christ. But it's interesting, from the time of Christ till now, 2,000 years later, the world has only had peace for 80 of those years. But this peace will not be permanent peace until Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth during his 1,000-year second coming earthly reign. Won't that be wonderful? We too can have peace only Through Jesus Christ, we are reminded in Romans 5 and verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Could you imagine hearing those angels rejoicing? The fear is starting to melt away in these shepherds' hearts. And they watch as these angels worship and celebrate. God, may I say tonight, you too can experience peace, not only through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but also in the midst of a turmoil of a world when we don't know what's going on sometimes. We we wonder, we read things, we hear of things, and our hearts can be troubled. But may I say tonight, we too can have peace because Jesus Christ is on the throne. And we can rest in that fact. We see, fourth of all tonight, after the shepherds have this reality of just common men, we see the angels uh, report, we see the angels rejoicing, but fourth of all, we see the shepherds' response. The shepherds' response. What do the shepherds do? Well, you know the story, but let's look at it. Verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this saying which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. I see, first of all, tonight these shepherds responded with an immediate response. The Bible says in verse number 15, let us now go. Verse number 16, and they came with haste. This little word now speaks volumes as to the priority and with the urgency that they viewed their need to go to Bethlehem to see the Savior. We see the shepherds had to go now. They had to go. They they had to go and they had to get there. Friday, my son Eric came up to me and said, Dad, can we go to the park? And I said, yeah, we'll go to the park today. 
Well, you know how it goes. Lunch, sat one, two, two o'clock comes around. Oh, and it had been a nice day all morning. But I had this feeling inside of me that the rain was going to come. I said, guys, get your jacket, get your water bottle, get your shoes on. Let's go now. We start driving down, and I start seeing those clouds get darker. We pull into Malala there, we get out, and the rain starts coming. I said, put your hoods on, guys. I said, we're going to go play in the park in the rain. We were the only kids in that park that day, you know. The kids wanted to ride the swing. I flipped the swings over. I said, there, now it's dry. It wasn't raining real hard, just sprinkling. But that urgency, we got to go. The rain's coming. Can you imagine the shepherds, the urgency coming on them? Let's go. We got to go. Why? Why do we got to go? We got to go see Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. May we have that same urgency when it comes to seeking the Lord. Isaiah 55 verse 6 tells us about this. It says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Psalms 105 verse 4, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Oh, not only was this an immediate response, which by the way, we should have, we should seek God out but I see it's a believing response. The Bible says there, and see this thing which has come to pass. The shepherds believed these angels report. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thine house. I read this this morning, but John 20, verse 31, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. We see these shepherds immediately went after God, but they believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. May I encourage us today to continue to share the gospel, the good news, so more and more people can believe that Jesus Christ wants to be their Lord and Savior. And then last of all, as we wrap things up tonight, we see the shepherds return. The shepherds return. The Bible says in verse number 17, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Can you imagine as they came? As they got there, they saw the donkey maybe and they saw the sheep and they saw the cattle and they got over to that little manger. There was a mom and a dad looking over that baby and they got to see him. This is the one the angels have talked about. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus Christ. They saw him. Maybe they got to touch his little fingers. I don't know. But they were excited. They had seen Jesus. So what did they do? They went home and went to sleep. No, 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 no. No, they had to tell others as they returned to their flocks. They had to share what they had seen. And may I say tonight, when you meet the Savior, it changes you forever. Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. How many times throughout the years have I had the joy of telling someone about Jesus Christ? And they got saved. And it was always neat. 
especially as a church planner, to see that person get excited and wanting to tell other people about it. I've seen that happen even this year, for the last 10, 12 years of my life. People who get saved and get it, and they have a list of people they want to go tell. And they'll tell them. They'll invite them. They'll invite them to the Christmas program. As many came to me this last couple of weeks said, I've invited someone to come. I don't think they'll come to the service, but they will come for the Christmas program. And I always say, praise the Lord, bring them. They'll come maybe for a pumpkin. They'll come maybe for a tailgate Sunday. They'll come maybe for a special promotion. They'll come to get some candy. But when they come, they're going to hear about Jesus Christ. Amen. I know we talk about this a lot. And I really, it's not my intent to always harp on this. But I can't help but say tonight, there's going to be more people that need to hear about Jesus Christ. Right. Now, I hope we enjoy the Christmas season. I really do. We've worked hard. And I meant what I said earlier. I know many of you put hours and hours and hours in. And enjoy the Christmas season. But I want to encourage you that we're not done yet. Next year, oh, I believe it's going to be one of the greatest years Grandview's ever had. Why? Because we're better? No, no, no. Because I believe that God is still at work. And I believe God can still use us to go and tell more and more people about Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you tonight, as the shepherds, they shared what they had seen. They couldn't help it. They shared what they had heard. The child would be found in Bethlehem. The child was a promised Savior and the Messiah of Israel. And they were able to tell others accurately. And when you find Jesus Christ as your Savior, and someone teaches you and instructs you and disciples you, you also have the accurateness to be able to share and the confidence to share the glory of the gospel with others as well. Psalms 57, verse 7. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing And give praise. Could you imagine the psalmist as he writes that? My heart is fixed on you, Lord. Man, I can't can't wait to tell it. I love our men's breakfast on Saturday morning. Our men get together and and they give their proverb of the day. And it's neat. Some people, you got to remind them. Now, everybody else has got to have a chance to share. Why do you have to remind them? Because they're so excited about what God gave them. And I want to encourage you tonight. Maybe you're struggling a little bit with your devotions. Maybe you're struggling a little bit with your Bible study. Don't quit. Keep seeking after God. Keep seeking His Word. And when you spend time with God, there's just something you can't help but want to tell somebody about it. You can't help it. Why? It's so amazing. And it's interesting tonight, this psalmist, his heart was so fixed on God. It was so fixed that he couldn't help but sing and give praise to God's goodness. May I encourage you tonight, if you do not know Jesus Christ, come to him. He created you, as I mentioned this morning. He cares for you. He comforts you. He was crucified for you. And he wants to come again for you. Will you give your life to him? Second of all, if you have lost sight of the adoration of Jesus, I'll be honest with you tonight, I've probably preached on the shepherds at least every Christmas for the last 10 years I've been pastoring. And I was going over this tonight, and I was thinking, Lord, I've I've preached a different angle of this for the last 10 years. I know most people sitting in the pews tonight are going to say, I know this. But you know what? 
maybe you've lost sight of the adoration that you once saw in Christ, as the shepherds just saw Christ. May we be reminded tonight to continue to have a fresh look on Jesus Christ and continue to have a fresh time of thanking him for his goodness to us. And then third of all, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, perhaps it is time to acknowledge him as Lord of your life. And this is what I mean by that. The shepherds saw, they heard, and they came back, and they couldn't help but tell everybody about it. And you know where I'm going with this. I'll be the first to admit, sometimes it's hard to share your faith. Well, maybe they don't want to know. Maybe they, you know, maybe there's no one that wants to know. But it's amazing. The more you go and the more you share, it's amazing how God seems to send people that want to know. May we just keep on boldly proclaiming, the Lord is my Savior and he is the Lord of my life. Tonight we see the shepherds. We see their reality. They were just common men like you and me. No one special, maybe. But you know what? They heard the angels report. They heard the angels rejoicing. And it caused them to respond. And when they responded, they returned. And they had to tell everybody about the goodness and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know Christ is your Savior? If you've lost sight of your adoration with Christ, will you get back in touch with God tonight? And then third of all, will you make Jesus Lord of your life? Not just as your Lord and Savior, but as the the hub and the wheel. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to move you again? You'll allow the Holy Spirit to work on your life. You'll allow the Word of God to minister to you. You'll allow the Word of God to cause you to do what you know you need to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. I don't know how God's maybe working on your heart, but I do know one thing. And a Sunday night crowd, I know most all of you probably already know this, but I, I have to ask, with heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, maybe, Pastor Justin, that's me. I don't know for sure. And, and the angel Lord came to the shepherds, and they, they gladly received Christ. And I don't know for sure. And if, if I were to die right now, I, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. Maybe there's someone online as well that doesn't know. If that's you tonight, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Anybody? Anybody tonight? Everyone, I believe, in here is saved. But how many would say, you know what, Pastor Justin, I'll be honest with you. I know the Lord is my Lord and Savior. But I just, I've just kind of got redundant with it. And I need a fresh, a fresh experience with God. I I need to get back where I need to be with God tonight. And the Lord challenged my heart. I want to worship him, and I want it to make sense. I want, it to, I want to mean it, and I, I want it to change my life. I want to go back to that day when I first knew Christ and the excitement I felt, and I don't want to lose that. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me that I won't, I won't, I won't lose that or I'll get it back again? If it's you, will you slip your hand? I'm not talking to you tonight about losing or gaining your salvation. I'm talking about that that desire, that heart, that excitement you once had for Christ. May we all be challenged in that area. And then last of all, how many say, you know what, Pastor Justin, I want the Lord to be the Lord of my life. I I know he's my savior. I know know I'm saved. 
but I just I haven't been living my life like I should. And I haven't been boldly proclaiming the gospel. And, and I, want to, I want to continue to do that. Lord, you saw the hearts. Lord, you, you, you saw the hands. You know the hearts. Lord, this is a simple message. I, I, as I've mentioned, I've, I've preached on the shepherd so many times. And, and yet I believe there's so many good truths to be reminded of. Lord, this was a dark time for them. This was a time where most of these shepherds didn't have much at all to look forward to. They were just above the lepers. They were under oppression from Herod, his greediness. The temple, Lord, was in disarray. As I mentioned last week, there was, there was some religious leaders in there that were corrupt. Lord, I, I don't know where they could have gone to really get true peace. And Lord, uh, just a, a wonderful life. But Lord, you came to them. And you revealed yourself to them. And you told them to go. And they went. Lord, the angels rejoiced. It feared them. It really did. But you came and you calmed those fears. And we learned tonight that we can have peace through you. We've learned tonight that if we could seek after you, you will be found. May we continue to seek after you. Lord, may you be Lord of our, our lives as you were of the shepherds. May we have a fresh anointing from you. And may we not hesitate to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we be a church that even in the new year will continue, Lord, to reach many people for Christ. Lord, disciple them and train them and send them. And may we continue to to grow as a church, Lord, not for number's sake, but, Lord, because we know we're fulfilling the Great Commission. And, Lord, you're pleased and honored because of that. I pray you'll bless the the, the invitation time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand to your feet tonight, the piano's playing. And uh, the Lord spoke to your heart. I want to challenge you to maybe take a moment there at the altar here or maybe in your pew and just praying. Pray and beg God for that fresh anointing. I believe he wants to, to be real to you today, tonight, tomorrow. He wants you to be able to enjoy that sweet relationship with Him. He wants you to boldly proclaim His faith. And that happens when our hearts in tune with Him. I want to encourage you tonight to take a moment maybe and pray for a dear brother or sister next to you. Maybe you don't know them very well, but just pray for them. Let's be a church that prays together and prays for each other. I know there's many burdens in this room. I've heard of many of them over the last couple days and weeks. Let's pray for each other tonight that God will work in their hearts but also will comfort them and strengthen them and encourage them. And we'll be able to walk away tonight knowing, man, we're a church that's loved. We're God that have a God that loves us and a church that loves us and a pastor that loves us. We're loved. I encourage you to just take a minute there tonight and spend some time with God as the piano plays.
Okay, if you could be seated tonight, uh, we have a video we want to share and uh, give you a few more announcements. And I hope you know tonight, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the hard work many of you did, and uh, so many, and all the effort, and for being faithful, for being faithful, what a blessing. And let's watch the video tonight. Mark your calendars for the Christmas Eve candlelight service that will take place on Saturday, December 24th at 5 p.m. Join us as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Please note that there will be only one shortened service on Christmas Day at 10.30 a.m. and on New Year's Day at 10.30 a.m. We are inviting all of the seniors of Grandview Baptist Church to join us for two special events. On the 12th, we are going to PIR, Portland International Raceway. They have the largest Christmas lights demonstration in the whole Northwest. It's going to be beautiful. Now, we'll take a shuttle so we can hold 23 people. If we have to, we'll go twice or take an additional bus. But we need you to sign up this Sunday. Uh, we want you to be there. It's going to be exciting. Plus, I want to mention on the 18th, that Sunday, right after the 11 o'clock service, the seniors are having a potluck. We want you to bring your food and your side dishes, and we will enjoy a wonderful time of fellowship. We are raising funds for our new family center. Our large donor has promised to match the first $70,000 that comes in between November 29th and the end of the year. So join us in being a part of this special opportunity for our gym. Don't forget to bring in your gifts from the Giving Tree. Our goal is to provide gifts for a special bus ministry Christmas party on Sunday, December 18th. Simply choose a label off of our Giving Tree and buy the age-appropriate gift for around $10. Then attach the label to your wrapped gift and place it back under the giving tree or bring it by the church office by Wednesday, December 14th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you'll receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Okay, uh, I did want to mention... Please be in prayer for Brother Mutchler. He's at home under the weather tonight, so pray for him as well. And I'm sure you appreciate that. God bless you all. Please know you're loved and cared for and appreciated. You are dismissed.